0: aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a podcast about the podcast that just might be too beautiful to live. This is a Monday recap edition of the program where we discuss the content from the previous week's shows, because as we all know, if we don't learn our TBTL history, we are doomed to repeat it, and nobody wants that. So from the Glassman Subaru Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, I'm your host, Megadeth Eminem Mare the Jolly Green Giant herself, Meredith the MVH Van Horney. And joining me today in the <laughs> Stickabutish Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Annie, Little Bird, Anna Banana, Elizabeth, and Anne with a Plan, Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hi, Meredith. And since it's unseemly for two lady scientists to podcast without supervision, from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike, the jail dude, Frizzell. Hey, Mike.
1: Hey, good morning. You know, uh, we're starting a little early today, maybe an hour, hour and a half early, And I wasn't able to like get as cleaned up as I usually um, do before I head up to the mountain room. So I'm feeling a little disheveled. Uh So forgive me if I sound bad. I just don't have my stuff together. Just everything's all, all akimbo. I'm disheveled.
0: (laughs) All right. we'll, We'll try to make it work. Um, We've got some LRB business for you today. We're going to cover our week in review. Um, We've got some interesting housekeeping to deal with, and we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show as per usual. Um, First up in LRB business, we need to talk about our last Friday show, which was, I think, the best of three nickname shows we've produced lately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was great. I've listened to it twice already. Really enjoy it. It was Good really fun to you. do.
0: Yeah, it was fun that we all kind of came up with nicknames we forgot about while we were talking. Mm-hmm. So we had a, we had a, a quarterly team meeting uh, that we do once or twice a year um, a couple days ago and we have been talking about a change, a possible change to our recap format or at least an attempted change. Anne, can you kind of run us through that?
2: Yes. First of all, I'd like to say I love the idea of us having quarterly team meetings, like we're doing our trust falls over the internet or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. They happen once a quarter for sure.
2: Yep. We went to a virtual escape room so we could Mm -hmm. learn to work together better. (laughs) And we did solve the puzzle and we did make it out before. I don't know what happens if you don't make it out of an escape room. But yeah, kill you. We something electricity shoots out from the computer and we're all dead now. (laughs) So we did have uh, this staff meeting, we'll put it that way, um, where we talked about kind of the state of the show and some changes that we wanted to make. Um, Doing this is kind of a lot of work. It's sort of hard, <laughs> and um, people may have noticed that we've been putting out more reruns on Fridays, and I think we've all gotten to the point where we just sort of feel bogged down by the Friday shows. There have been a number of times when we get to like Tuesday morning, and then somebody's like, uh, guys, what are we going to do for Friday? And we're like, hell if I know. And so we decided to make some changes both to the recap and to the Friday shows. The schedule change is going to be, I think we're going to go down to two Friday shows a month. And for people who uh, really like their routine and their their weekly schedule, I'm sorry to go to bi-weekly, but it's sort of what we need to do to maintain our sanity. I think we're going to be backing away from the formal interview shows that we've done with TENS. Which is not to say that we don't want to have other people on the show. I just think we're probably not going to do so many of the uh, tens come on and do the interview and bring their favorite clips anymore.
1: Let let me let me explain that part of it. what's What's happened with us over time, over these three plus years that we've been doing this show, is we've we've raised the bar as far as quality goes. And one of the things that, that we've decided to do with that is to make sure that someone has the proper mic and audio setup to give us audio as if we were all in the same room, which is, you know, what what is ideal. So uh, because of that, I mean, we do have a microphone and we do ship it around, but it's not as easy to set up a Friday show. Not that it was ever really easy, even when we had people on their own audio setups, because we had to prep them in advance and do a test run and and such like that. So there was a lot of um, pre-production on on those type of Friday shows where, I mean, we can't avoid the post-production on a show, but we sure can avoid some of the (laughs) pre-production.
2: Yeah, and um, it turned out that shipping a microphone around the country kind of added an extra layer to the scheduling difficulties And, um, it just got really hard. And a lot of people who are, have submitted, have said that their clip has already been taken, that the one that they wanted to bring, so people don't know what they want to talk about. And so we decided maybe it's time to kind of put that to bed for a little while.
0: That doesn't mean that we don't want to have you guys on the show. Like we, we do, we're kind of thinking of a different way to incorporate tens into the show though. Right. Um, so maybe into a recap, maybe you can join us for a recap um, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll we'll just kind of have to see how that goes. But we mm-hmm. still, of course, love you all and want to talk to you. Right. And there are still some
2: people who submitted to be on the interview show that we just haven't gotten to. And I want to stress that it is not about you at all. It's 100% about us and our sort of lack of administrative structure. You know, if we had a CEO, like if Christy was sitting there saying, okay, Ann, you do this, and Mike, you do this, and Meredith, you do this, then I think we might get it done. I think we'd be very resentful of Christy, but we might
1: get more (laughs) stuff done. It just takes one person who is okay with being universally hated.
0: And we don't want to hate any of us is the problem. So (laughs) we're, we're preserving our friendship here. And I think that's the most important thing.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it in context. You know, when you watch um, beach volleyball at the Olympics, which is the only time I ever watch beach volleyball, and they have the two players, stuff. yep, and one's on the right side of the court and one's on the left side of the court, and then there's this area in the middle that the commentators always refer to as the husband-wife zone, where if the ball goes into that, then they'll like look at each other like, who's going to get it? Um, I think we have that sometimes with us where the ball comes in like right in the middle and we're like, well, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? And then in effect, it doesn't end up getting done. So we we ran into a bit of that with the... um, The interview shows. So for anybody who wanted to be on the show but didn't get their chance, we still do want you. It is not a commentary on you. Just send us an email and say, hey, I want to get on on one of those recaps or whatever. And we'll definitely make it happen because we love you and we want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So that's the Friday show. Um, And we're going to do a bunch of different things. I think we're still nailing it down on the Friday show. We kind of decided that the last Friday of every month we would do, we haven't decided on a name for it yet, but it would be like a mailbag grab Bag sort of situation. So, any of the throw your phones that we don't get to, we want to go over in that. Uh, anything that has come up in discussion over the course of the month, anything that anybody wants to ask us, send it in, or a topic that they want to raise, send it in, and we'll kind of figure out where we go from there. So, we'll just get on the microphones and sort of jaw about all this stuff, and hopefully, yeah. those will be uh, entertaining shows. I was thinking half the fun of having throw your phones on those. T- uh, that show is us trying to remember what the context for them was.
0: <laughs> yep. And I I also think that um, this is a good opportunity for, for listeners to get involved because we, we do sometimes get comments of people saying, hey, why don't you guys do a show about X, Y, or Z? And this will be kind of an opportunity to incorporate more of those ideas. So I'm, I'm looking forward to those
2: Friday shows. Hopefully that's going to be fun. And as luck would have it, this next Friday is going to be the last Friday of the month. So we're going to try out that format and see how it goes. So any um, ideas, contributions, feedback that anybody has are more than welcome. Unlike TBTL, we will listen to <laughs> and consider your feedback without blasting you in return.
0: Yeah, we won't automatically do the opposite of what you say just out of spite. (laughs) Right. Um, Oh, the other change we should mention is that we're going to do a little bit uh, different kind of recapping. technique, Right. So instead of doing a a blow by blow of their boring day, we're going to choose a few topics and and discuss those and use them as launching points. Yes. Um, So maybe these might be more Abbreviated, they might not. I guess that depends on how the conversations go. I know we haven't tried it yet, so
2: yeah, we're like, hey, maybe this will keep our shows to under two hours. And then I thought, mm, they probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll be able to fill up the time, yep. But and and that comes from the fact that I think that uh, listening to TBTL has become somewhat of a chore for. All of us except Bobby, apparently, Mm -hmm. um, who has no problem with the trivialities that Luke and Andrew spout (laughs) repeatedly, but I know for myself, I was finding myself irritated at them more and more and more, as it seemed like the same stupid stuff gets brought up over and over and over, and we've talked about how much we're forced to pay attention to that stuff, whereas... Uh, I think if you don't listen so closely, you can just let it wash on over you. Mm -hmm. And so this is an attempt to make the listening experience, I think, more pleasant for all of us and maintain our love for TBTL. We were talking in the chat yesterday about the Hey Dummies video. And I said I always watch the Hey Dummies because it reminds me that I actually do like them as people. Sometimes, you know, when it's been a hard week, <laughs> nice and, fellas,
1: a couple and nice fellas there,
2: and they've been so stupid about stuff over the week. <laughs> <laughs> then I watch the Hey Dummies, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do like them. <laughs> <laughs> so this new style of recap is is an attempt to get back to the love and maybe not nitpick as much. Although there are still a few things that I will be unable to restrain myself about. So this is sure. all. A big experiment, and we'll see how it goes. And again, feedback is welcome.
0: That's right. Um, Okay, so why don't we get into it? Um, This is our first attempt at uh, an overview recap where we didn't listen to every single little thing with uh, pencils poised above paper, Um, which, Mike, I know you you do that. You can't help yourself (laughs) taking these really elaborate, detailed notes, right?
1: Hey, um... I did pair my notes back, my already legendarily uh, sparse notes. <laughs> <laughs> I've paired them back. So part of this uh, process, let's get into Monday, 2619, A Work of Art. Um, part of this process is our notes are going to be light. Our topics are going to be uh, more scant. So if there's something that happens during the week that you super want our take on that Week, you know, write and let us know, because if there was something on on Monday on my my little tiny little scribble of like three lines of notes that uh, that we didn't get to, I would I would feel bad if it was important to you. So right. write us if you want to make sure we talk about something. Like if I decide to just skate by Art Bell this week, that would be kind of a big mistake because he yeah. means a lot to a lot of uh people meredith i know you didn't really want to do monday because you you don't know much or you were never were never in the art bell business and were you a listener at all to art bell no i never heard of art
2: bell until luke started talking about him
1: (laughs) okay that's your opinion um i i am i was a listener to art bell i wasn't um like a an art bell head or whatever but uh when you end up uh when you find yourself in prison and a radio is all that you have at night to listen to, uh, you end up listening to Art Bell because it, he's usually on some behemoth of an AM station that, from Baja <laughs> to the Canadian Rockies, is blasting, so that so you know you can listen to him. And <clears throat> I, I'm not passionate about him. Um, the it was a very. I don't know. It seemed like it was a tongue-in-cheek show, but he was serious. I don't know if that makes any sense. So I, the
0: the show was kind of like about what conspiracy theories?
1: Yeah, and and um, and aliens and ancient aliens and recent aliens. Um,
0: <laughs> but how can you? How can anybody listen to that stuff? I mean, <laughs> time travelers. I mean, that there's a segment of the population that believes in all this, but I can't imagine that his audience was that big
1: mm, well the there were a lot of us listening that that uh you know knew it's all bullshit but everyone was so committed to the bid it was kind of fun to listen to because they they were actually committed you know like they should be committed somewhere right <laughs>
0: Because it's probably entertaining to just sit there and wonder if these people believe what they're saying. Yeah. Um, what, if yeah. It, what if that was true? I went through a phase, um, this isn't exactly the same, but I went through a phase where I would listen to AM talk radio on my way to work. And mm-hmm. I'm a bleeding heart liberal, but I was listening to like Rush Limbaugh and stuff and just like, what are they saying? And what do they think? And how is this logical in any way, shape or form? It was like, know your enemy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I found that fascinating, but I eventually had to stop because it was making me furious. It, uh-huh. they, they just missed so many logical points and facts and skewed things so much that I couldn't bear it. So I don't, I don't know if I could make myself listen to this, although I do like um, Welcome to Nightvale and it kind of reminds me of that. But mm-hmm. that's fiction. I mean, they're both is fiction, it- but <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the real problem that I have is with charlatans i do not like feeling like somebody is trying to take advantage of me or someone is trying Mm -hmm. to pull one over on me and so Mm -hmm. maybe with art bell it was all harmless fun but how much of that is somebody trying to deceive me i don't care for it at
1: all yeah he he seemed to believe some of it not believe other parts of it he he was sort of you know uh the voice of us like i don't know i mean he 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 really let them run but he would he would call people on some of that stuff but anyway i he really to me what was more important about him is he paved the way uh for like a phil hendry to where i mean phil hendry pretty much was was doing an art bell type show but all with his own voice you know he was (laughs) He was doing interview caller, you know, expert. He was doing all the voices and people would call him just fucking furious because they they couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And they thought <laughs> it was it was an amazing, amazing show. So um, now that's just performance art is what that is. It was, but back to the charlatan part of it, I don't really I wouldn't really put Art Bell in that category where, you know, where Rush Limbaugh is because rush limbaugh is is big and he's he wants to be important and a big boy and make all the all the money on his show and so so then you're left wondering well he he's just hot taking it up and they're just making stuff up so that they can build this empire art bell was just a guy out in the desert in in a you know deer blind studios um you know putting the carts in by himself uh you know, so I, I don't have I don't have that level of resentment or feeling tricked by this guy as he gets rich off me because it maybe he did get rich, but certainly he he was not um not a trumpeter of himself. Uh, I'm glad I have you all on for this art bell talk, too, because Andrew, during the course of this conversation, reveals that he believes in time travel. <laughs> OK, I have two ladies of science here. Um to to me i'm i'm not i' I'm, I'm not good science my brain is bad but um I call bullshit am I right when i call bullshit uh,
0: I, probably i mean that's not really my wheelhouse unfortunately
1: <laughs> you're a science person <laughs> I, yeah. tell that's me like, all about the physics
0: that's like when somebody's citing a number about something they're like well, you probably know this but you know the rate of car right. accidents on blah You're like, I don't know every statistic just because I'm a statistician. <laughs> you,
1: you read um, statistics uh, daily, and it and you get. It, all I know the statistics. all
0: the numbers yeah. that exist. So I don't, I don't know, but probably not. I mean, at, at least we don't have the ability to do it now. But maybe people in the future do. I think that
2: if it's such a thing as possible, we are a number of generations. And by a number, I mean thousands and thousands of generations of people away from being able to do that. But I don't know. I I kind of think that time is a one-way stream. No, time's a flat circle. Oh, Oh, God. See, this is what happens when I don't have cable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm behind on all the latest scientific discoveries.
1: If time travel is possible, will be possible, um, it has to tell us that our era really sucks. Because no one's chosen to come back here.
0: <laughs> that's true. It Maybe it sucks really so bad that in the future we destroyed humanity and there's no one left to come back. Mm-hmm.
1: No. yeah, that's a positive spin.
2: Yeah, there are just there are other things I want to do before we get to time travel. I want to get the transporter before. Oh, yeah. We learn to go back in time. I want to get. Uh, what do they call it on the on Star Trek? The replicator, where they make the food. You know, you say tea, Earl Grey hot, and then out comes your morning tea. I want to get that first.
0: I feel like we're getting that we're pretty close with ne- the Nespresso machine. <laughs> we're
2: almost well, there. We are getting there with the holodecks. I mean, that's sort of conceivable mm-hmm. in the not too distant future. But mm-hmm. I, I think
0: time travel is a way off. I would rather have teleporters than self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. Like, there goes your morning commute, you know? That would yeah. Be.
2: Can you imagine if we got rid of all the roads, how much, like, green
0: space we could have back? And you know what? One of my the saddest things in my entire life just about the world is roadkill. Like I can't look at it without wanting mm. to cry. Hard, um, so yeah. I usually will see, even if it's, a, if it's a cardboard box, I just am like, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look, I don't want to know, I don't want to know, I can't deal with it. And that would eliminate roadkill. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get to thinking about this, it would
2: eliminate roadkill. We would improve the atmosphere because we could add so much Uh, vegetation plant life back in um uh think about uh policing we wouldn't have to have any traffic stops we would have no more no more black men getting killed for speeding or whatever it is yep no more drunk driving uh i think transporters could revolutionize society in so many more ways than just getting us places quick get on it elon musk
1: yeah stop wasting your time I I envision a future where a a black gentleman is uh, teleporting himself to work and he hits the button and disappears from his house. And then he instantly appears at his work with a police officer right by his side, (laughs) ready to hassle him. Like they're not going to miss the opportunity to.
0: Can we invent something like some sort of device that black men can strap to their backs or whatever, and it makes their cell phones invisible? (laughs) So they aren't mistaken for guns.
1: Yeah, those gun-looking cell phones. I'm always thinking people are pulling their guns on me when they're just grabbing their cell phones.
0: They should stop making them shaped like guns. I mean, that mm-hmm. might be the first step. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. We need to stop that, or just or put a a, a red tip on the end of the, your cell phone. So Have they, it a bright they know it's green not cell a phone. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, uh, teleportation. I like that because where we're going, we don't need roadkill. Um, <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ
2: that conversation was worth it just for that. yep
1: so they they actually play a very good representation uh clip of the art bell show of a guy claiming to be a paleo agricultural technician from the year twenty sixty three I
0: love how he said that just like we all know what a paleo mm-hmm. ag tech is <laughs> <laughs> so good. so does this guy does
2: this guy really believe that he's this? paleo ag tech or is he putting it on that's what, what i want to know is, is he putting it on is he crazy or is he fucking with people
1: he had some trouble with his tenses which makes me think <laughs> that he was fucking with people because yes. if he really believed he would know where he was and have <laughs> i don't know um that was a classic one though because that was the one where art bell's like letting letting a guy run because it's the guy's entertaining um but still, you know, he's not gonna let him go let him get away with saying paleo ag, ag tech without explaining what yeah. that is.
0: I mean I've worked in psychiatric hospitals for, for a long time and uh I've I've talked to schizophrenic people and people who are having delusions like this and they're not that cogent. Ah. He didn't sound like a crazy person to me. He sounded like a faker.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. he and- didn't
0: start talking about God or his penis. At any point. So <laughs> right. that kind of ruled out the insanity clause for me. Wait, is that the standard? Because there's a lot of insane guys out there then.
1: Well, I would agree with that. Um, I The discussion and the playing of that old clip, it did take me back a little bit. like When I was a little kid, I mean, I was addicted to the radio too before I got into drugs. The radio was my drug and I would listen uh all night long because i had um had insomnia even when i was a little little kid so i would listen to all the larry king bullshit and bruce williams cutting up a couple of jackpots you know just any drivel travel that would come across my am radio i would listen to it and as as those programs go art bells wasn't the worst one that i ever listened to and he seemed like a nice fella so r.i.p uh art bell mm-hmm the top story, the shorty awards. Um, this is the shorty awards where Adam Pally gave his, uh, his very, um, impolite speech to this group of people giving away their marketing awards. The guys never cease to use an opportunity to take digs at marketing people. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, Okay, this uh, you may not care for uh, Instagram marketing. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, not the power users, the influencers, influencers. and all this stuff. Uh, and you can disrespect it all you want. You can call it stupid, and most of it is really stupid, but it's working. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> nobody would be doing it if it wasn't working, and and these people are mastering this. This, you know, may not be an art that you respect very much, but they're mastering it and they deserve to get their awards. So I don't know. Um, dude should never be invited to do anything for anybody <laughs> ever again, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Well, it's not like Adam Pally doesn't have a certain reputation. He um, He's known as a guy who just doesn't give a fuck, right? If you've seen him in anything that he's been in. Yeah, that's the character that he plays. <laughs> I loved him in Happy Endings, which they didn't mention when they were talking about him. But I, he's great. How could you um, hire him for this gig and not know what you are getting?
0: I like him a lot. And I liked him in the Mindy Project. All I can hear when he talks, though, is in a really strong Midwest accent, yes. which is weird mm-hmm. because he's not from the Midwest. He's from New York City.
1: Yeah, uh, I, they should have known what they're getting. I agree with you. And his first uh, role on television was in California, Californication as young Hollywood douchebag.
0: So. <laughs> 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 hmm, good casting. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, We need to get a douchebag in here to give away our awards. He won't do anything shitty. Oh well, of course he did.
0: Yeah, he plays like a frat guy and. On- An ex-frat guy, I guess, on the Mindy Project, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that role suits him really well.
1: Well, that's me. I worked in marketing, and I'm an ex-frat guy. So I guess uh, if I ever get invited to hand out an award, I need to shit all over it before I (laughs) hand it to the person.
0: If the shawties come calling. Oh, God, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No worse than their attempts.
1: So they... hmm. They get a little high and mighty about like, well, the this like viral, viral marketing. And, you know, this is the dude who made, he went around with a fucking Ford Fiesta back in the day. Mm-hmm. Remember when Luke had to, had to pretend that he liked to drive a Ford Fiesta? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just want to point that out. Before <laughs> and we then he get, went oh. and got into space car at the end of the day. Right,
1: that's right, that's right. He went home in a space car. Wait, he went home in his wife's Jetta. He's also um, pretend.
0: <laughs> he's also pretended to to use Bing, which no one has ever done in the history of the world. So, I don't know. You do what you right. got to do for your paycheck.
1: <laughs> yeah, just don't just don't throw shade back at other people when they're doing their marketing thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, they got a different way of doing it. And again, Luke gets caught out in not actually being a sports fan again, by not knowing who backpack kid was because lots of NFL players were doing backpack kid in the end zone this year, which is my favorite end zone celebration because I it's very I have zero solitary. idea
0: what this is. This is an, a celebration dance.
1: It, it was a kid on the internet. He ended up on SNL with uh, Katy Perry. I think she saw him do his YouTube backpack kid video and then she brought him up on stage and he did the backpack kid on SNL. Um, I don't know. It's one of these Instagram things. So stupid. I, <laughs> uh, no one's making any money. Millennials. Uh, <laughs> don't give anyone an award for doing something creative. Oh, uh, boy. I didn't expect to get that worked up. Um, you never do. <laughs> Luke talks about turning down a radio acting gig. Oh, and that he rarely turns down any gigs, but uh, it turned into some sort of philosophical discussion about why he felt above it or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Why doesn't he pass that stuff along to to Andrew? Come on, no, I got a friend. He can.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a certain point at which he probably does feel that he's past doing commercials for mm-hmm. I don't know Crazy Eddie's car stereo repair or whatever yeah right
1: yeah and i don't i don't blame him um but uh you know throw your throw your buddy a little little sunshine there mm-hmm. there's an email about the uh the uh, there's a someone um tried to take frozen ground fifty forty nine point nine nine 49.99 pounds of frozen <laughs> ground beef <laughs> back to college
0: <laughs> oh what a nightmare
1: Oh, uh, I, yeah, that's a, that's a, sh- that's a short. It's not, may not be a motion picture, but that's a short. Someone trying to get that ground beef back, getting their luggage mixed up. Yep.
2: I know that feeling though, you know, not that it's ever happened to me quite exactly this way, but when he opened the suitcase and it was full of clothes instead of meat and you have that <laughs> moment where you're like, oh, that's why it felt light.
1: I have had that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. When back when I used to travel, uh at all or even more, um I would put it they have these f- like fluorescent s- stickers and I would just put one on the bottom of my suitcase and then I knew cuz it looked like everyone else's but mine was the one with the yeah. The little lime green fluorescent sticker on the bottom, yeah.
0: So. I put a little like orange and, and green tag on mine, or tie a scrunchie to the handle or something like that, just to distinguish it because of my, yeah. I have a black suitcase that looks mm-hmm. like every other black suitcase that comes down the line. Um, but they also put your name, like, there's plenty of ways, like, they put your name on the tag too. You can check that before you walk away, right? <laughs> I actually bought a red
2: suitcase the last time I bought one, and it was hard too because. I'm not into buying stuff that calls attention to itself. I had like black suitcases mm. and navy suitcases
0: and I was like a red one. Oh my god, it's helped a lot. I have a really ugly electric blue suitcase, like a giant giant one for if I'm going on a really long trip. Um and that is really really helpful um for identification.
1: Yeah, I I tend to just take just take the first black bag that comes out, open it up and if the stuff's better than my stuff, then I just zip it back up and get going
0: or if it's full <laughs> of ground beef you're like score bye. <laughs> oh, god
1: where would i put it i don't know um before before i get done with monday i just want to say that i mean luke outs himself as not very much of a sports fan sometimes and then i his his blackjack game i gotta say i i'm not one who hits on a soft 18 so
0: that seems really risky
1: yeah, I mean, I got 18. Uh yeah. I, I mean, I'm assuming, oh, soft 18. I even looked it up just uh, have I haven't been playing wrong all these years. There's there don't seem to be a lot of people who want to want gamblers to hit on a soft 18 except the casino. Right. <laughs> so, that's it for Monday.
2: Oh, let's go to Tuesday, number 2620 without further ado. Um, This was a great show with uh, Nora McInerney from Terrible Thanks for Asking on. I have thought many times about listening to that podcast, but uh, my own mental state tends to be somewhat fragile at times, and I thought maybe maybe it might be a little bit much for me to be listening to other people talk about their sadness. It's one of the reasons I had to stop listening to the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast because, well... I mean, it kind of drags, but it's also like I would feel myself sort of drowning in other people's sadness, like getting sucked Mm -hmm. into it. So I've never listened to Nora McInerney. And now I think that maybe maybe I should because she sounds great and she sounds very Midwestern in a really good way. Yeah. Well, it's a whole conversation about... I don't know. Essentially, it boils down to how how can we be present for people who are grieving? And they talk a lot about how people just sort of don't reach out. And it's not because maybe they don't care so much as they just don't know what to do. And I would say that I have definitely felt sort of uh, like that for sure. Like, I just don't want to say the wrong thing. So you end up not saying anything at all, and it turns out that that's that's worse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know yeah. that it makes it easier to do, but
0: I guess we'll just have to get over ourselves and our fear right. of hurting somebody. They they touched on this briefly, but I keep thinking about: is it better to do nothing or than to do something? wrong, as in stressing the person out more, because that's really easy to do. Like, Mm -hmm. they they touched on it a little bit of like, are you putting, are you giving them a chore? Are you making, are you giving them some sort of more mental burden? Are you making it about yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, carefully considered action is better than nothing. (laughs) You know, I, I just... Doing something selfless for them. Um, keeping yourself out of the equation. Those are the kind of things I try to think about, at least in these situations. And and I'm this exact same. Like my instinct mm-hmm. used to be, I'll just stay out of this. I don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's some maturity and learning to do on this topic. And it sounds like she's an excellent person to explain it. Um, I haven't listened yet, but um, it's definitely on my list. I just had a thought When you bring that up, Meredith, when my grandmother
2: died, so it's about 10 years ago now, my aunt lived with her and took care of her for the last, I don't know, 20 years of her life. And they had this sort of relationship that was symbiotic. And I mean, they cared for each other very, very deeply. And they were both lovely people. But the day after my grandmother died... My father came to my aunt and gave her a list of things for her to do that he'd written on an index card, like get the porch rail painted and make sure you get the floor on the, uh, in the kitchen redone and make sure to send thank you notes for everybody who sent flowers for grandma's death. Whoa. And I was like, you fucking asshole to come up with a list of to do's for her the day after her mother dies <laughs> let her grieve i know it was terrible and who knows why he wanted to do it but i think he probably thought he was actually being helpful
1: he yeah. he probably should have slipped it to her at the funeral you know cuz you know just let's get a jump on things you know yes <laughs> mhm
2: None of these we are things that he would have about. ever done himself. He lifted not one finger in for caring for my grandmother or anything. Yet another reason that I'm very glad that he chose to not be in my life, but um, almost to a pathological extent of putting chores on somebody else during their time of grief.
1: Hey, I have really enjoyed the discussion once they got into it with uh, Nora, but I had not really heard about the podcast, didn't know what terrible thanks for asking was as far as i was concerned it was like you know um etiquette or something um and they never they never set it up they Uh -uh. just they started talking to her and i figured out by by you know by this by the middle of their conversation about her, her tragedy and then they started talking about how people open up and everyone stops her on the street and tells her, Hey, everyone in my family died. And um... (laughs) This
0: is a theme. They did this with um, Hari Kondabolu's show too. They never said the name of it.
1: Yeah. I would have appreciated a little setup for that. I I think I actually
2: Googled Nora McInerney and I read an article on her and that's how I figured out what her deal was.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's fantastic. Uh I've dealt with a lot of stuff. because um, my family was really relieved actually when I got out of prison because, you know, my mom gets sick and things like that. I mean, my my sister completely shuts down and my brother half shuts down. And so it's like I'm the only one who just stays, you know, stays functional. In the boat. Yeah. Right, right. So remains um, present. If I need if I need more I need a pep talk, maybe I'll go over there and listen to some folks talk about horrible things happening in their family.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the real meat of this discussion, we can all agree, was the end when they asked her to name her favorite candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> right. And she came up with number one, the dreaded Butterfinger.
0: Love and it. two,
2: number two, Caramello, which I think we never considered. I do love a good Caramello. I even. do too the chocolate is pretty cheap, which takes us to number three. She just said cheap chocolate like Cadbury eggs. And then Luke takes this opportunity to just shit all over dark chocolate and how terrible it is. So I disagree with that. And I used to love milk chocolate and cheap milk chocolate too. Like bring me a Whitman sampler and I am a happy camper. But as I've gotten older and I started to sort of think about maybe putting things that are not so completely disgusting in my body mm-hmm. or or when I started counting calories more and I thought if I'm gonna eat it, I'm gonna make sure that it's quality, I sort of learned more about dark chocolate and started eating it a little bit more until I got to the point where I prefer it. But just another example of Luke taking a giant dump
1: on things that he personally doesn't <laughs> like. I don't I don't like dark chocolate either, really. Um but I don't hate I don't hate those who love it. I'm I'm sure you're not pretending like people who drink scotch. Um <laughs> but uh, w- what I will say is there has definitely been an arms race on the cacao. And you know, you oh, go yeah. to Trader Joe's it's like, "No, we're 112% cacao." They're Take trying to make it make bar. a
0: candy bar seem like it's health food. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not and it doesn't taste that good. when it's that dark like they put sugar and milk in it for a reason i'm i'm fine with dark chocolate i am um and my tastes are kind of evolving past um really bad milk chocolate but i still really like milk chocolate like i had a dove egg over easter and it was gross yeah Mm. i don't like dove at all anymore and i used to think it was like the height of luxury
2: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say something probably very controversial to our west coast listeners but i don't like sea's chocolate at all I think it's um, terrible mm. and it tastes waxy and yeah. it's kind of the standard for giving somebody gift chocolate. Right. And I just say,
1: no, thank you. It Candy just... shops kind of creep me out. I'll just, I'll just put that out there. I Why? Don't like I don't like, I don't like have, I don't like the, I mean, I do it for, for Emily because there's this lamb's candies here in town and they make pretty special stuff. So I'll do it. And and those shops aren't are nearly as creepy as like those C's shops. Where everything's white and mm-hmm. glass and mirrors and I, and I and I get to d- very delicately point to the things that I could I get with one of these and four of those and <laughs> quarter pound of these, please. You know, can, uh, candy's a shame food. I mean, I just want to go to Kmart, see if they're eight for a buck. If they're not, just scoop some into my hoodie, my right. Jerga my Jerga shirt. And just get out of there.
2: <laughs> Into the it's, pocket it's... Of, of Bill Radke's bathrobe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just drop it in there while he's like, No, don't do that, you know? So I don't know. I, I've never really liked like candy stores and, and therefore maybe I just have a bad association, like the the candies out of the box or whatever. I never really cared for him very much.
0: There's a place in um in the Midwest, specifically De- uh well, Chicago and Detroit called Sanders. Um, confections. And I think they're kind of across the country now. But that's one place that I'm happy to browse all day long. And there's also a chocolate store in Dallas called Dude Sweet Chocolate. And their chocolate is very dark and very cacao heavy. Um, (laughs) But they do make giant marshmallows that I love. They're so good. They're like the size of your fist um, and I think what you're supposed to do is cut them into pieces, but who's got time for that? I'll just on shove now. them in my mouth. They're great. This, um, since moving away, i This may I've be the root them. of your
1: jaw problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're soft. It's fine. <laughs> I've actually gone through the trouble of ordering them from their website now that I'm not there because <laughs> I love them so much.
2: There's a real difference between a, a fresh made marshmallow and the jet puffed crap that you get in the bags mm-hmm. at the grocery store. There really is. I've made marshmallows a few times. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I recommend it. It's not that hard. We finally get the reveal of the Raptures
0: tape. Oof. Oof, indeed. Uh, I, oof. They, I think I was... What was I doing? I was driving... To the dentist to get a cavity filled when I was listening to this. And and there was a. You were relieved to get there. Yeah, I was. (laughs) I was was like, oh, I can't wait to get this needle (laughs) stuck in my gum. Because Andrew's like, should we keep listening? And I'm going, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yelling, no, in my car. Please stop. (laughs) I think my brain has blocked it. Like, I don't remember
2: actually listening to it. I know I listened to it, but I don't remember any of the content. So I think that's just a a self protection mechanism <laughs> mm-hmm. a biological uh protection mechanism um but it does get them into a whole bunch of like bible story talk and they talk about how great the phrase wailing and gnashing of teeth and rending of garments and and they get i don't confused about revelations I think what I took away from this was I was surprised at how poor Luke's knowledge of the Bible was, given the atmosphere that he grew up (laughs) with. Because Andrew was like, well, don't you mean this? Don't you mean this? Maybe he's tried to banish it from his brain. Yeah, maybe. Like us with the raptures. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then we get to the part of the show that I know was Mike's favorite. Um, Andrew is having what I characterized as yet another... Tax debacle. He doesn't even remember that he had a complete meltdown on April fifteenth, two thousand fourteen, or whatever day that was, when he realized the, that he the had day done I taxes. I almost quit
1: listening to. TBTL. Yeah, the day Mike
0: almost left the show when Andrew <laughs> did his taxes on the air. <laughs> Andrew doesn't remember anything about that. He was he he took years off his life when he was in L.A. doing that job, and then TBTL was such an afterthought, and and then. Like the fact that you would even think that you could concentrate on doing your taxes while mm-hmm. recording a radio show is just such a weird lapse of judgment. He's He was out of his mind. It was really hard to listen to that show at that point. And that specific one was really bad. Yeah, even if you're just doing the 1040EZ
2: or whatever it's called, you should not be multitasking no. when you're doing no. your taxes. And I think... I think that what we learned from this is that Andrew just shouldn't be doing his own taxes because he he can't. He doesn't know how to do it. And it stresses him out too much. And he had to keep asking Genevieve questions about whether he should claim this or do that or whatever. So he just needs to go back to that tax professional or find a new one in Seattle so that he doesn't have to deal with this every year because he can't Genevieve,
1: Genevieve, bless her. We love her. She's... So smart and so funny, but she doesn't strike me as like a very detail-oriented person that I would want to take offhand from the other room tax advice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Andrew is the meticulous one. So That yeah. is kind of interesting.
1: Oh, just just take just deduct all that stuff. It's all good. It's all good, Andrew. Okay, good. Well, now I'm back in the positive. I've, yeah. I described we we talk about that um, when you're doing your taxes online, that number in the corner that goes up Ooh. and down. It's it's a real roller coaster of emotions when you, <laughs>
0: It really is.
1: A, I owe twelve thousand dollars. I didn't even make twelve thousand. Oh, I'm getting back fourteen hundred dollars. I didn't pay fourteen hundred dollars. You know, it's like, oh, my God, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, new way to do taxes.
2: You know what chaps my hide about doing my taxes every year. Great. Let's just have tax talk. Is that I bought a house, my house in 2008. And that was, you know, during the midst of the housing crash. And so they had all these incentives to try to get people buying again. Mm-hmm. And so they had that first-time home buyer tax credit, mm-hmm. where if you bought a house, they would give you $7,500. Did not find out until the next year that that was not a tax credit. That was an interest-free loan that had to be paid back to the government. So I'm paying what? that back over 15 years at 500 bucks a year on my taxes. Not a big deal. But nobody realized... That they had to pay that back. And if you bought the house the next year when things got even worse, they did an $8,000 true tax credit that you didn't have to
0: pay back. I was about to say, because I bought my house in in Ferndale in 2010 and Mm -hmm. and got an $8,000 credit, although that is only applicable and you only get it if you stay in that house as your primary residence for five years and we moved to Dallas after four of course. So we had to pay
2: that whole thing back. I even tried to figure out if I could, you know, amend my tax return and figure out some way to get that shifted to the next year. And it, and everything that I read was like, oh, nope, sorry, if you bought a new house for the first time in 2008, you are SOL. And it annoys me every year when I do my taxes to think that if I had just waited six months, I could have gotten eight grand for
0: free.
1: Mm hmm. Well, Genevieve just shouted from the other room and says, you're, you're fine. She says it's fine. Just, just oh, okay. deduct all of it. Just take it all off. <laughs>
0: Andrew's wife says it's fine.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, she says it's fine.
2: The other thing that came out of this discussion was that there was a glitch in the system when Andrew was trying to submit his tax payment. And so he had to submit it four times. And now it turns out that he's going to get charged four times, whatever it turned out to be, Ugh. $280 or something and he's all freaked out about whether he's going to get that back because he can't wait the 2 business days that they told him it was going to take to get that sorted out. Just shouldn't be doing his own taxes. Nope. That's what I got to say about that. And
0: I don't have anything else for Tuesday. Okay, Wednesday 2621. Ooh, Expedia. Ooh. <laughs> This is a relatively content light show, I felt like, at least for things that sparked my interest. Um they start talking about Family Feud a little bit and how it's gone insane. Those were some really crazy questions. Mm-hmm. Um all I can think of when I think of Family Feud though is the SNL version, which I love. And it's all sounded like SNL questions. Right. I think I think it's the
2: influence of Steve Harvey. Right? Because He's insane, when Richard isn't he? When Richard Carn was the host of a family feud after he got done being on home improvement and couldn't get another right. gig. They did not ask any questions of that type, but I think that Steve Harvey embraces that crazy.
0: Yeah. Well and his reactions to people's mostly when they're sexual is right. pretty funny. And Grandma's I think people play be that sexual. Up. <laughs> and one detailed note, Luke keeps saying that booty be stankin'. No. He really needs to stop. No, Luke. No, bad Luke.
1: <laughs> was that one of the questions on the on the Family Feud? No, it was just something Booty, Luke Booty made B. up. Uh, Blank. Twenty five people said, <laughs> "Stankin' ding." Uh,
0: I don't want to get into why he thought that was appropriate, but it probably had
1: to do with Steve Harvey. Um, you know that that your your point about SNL uh, is well taken. Like I'm I'm not a big Jeopardy fan, but Black Jeopardy on snl is oh one so of so good it's a treasure it is uh i totally recommend the one with tom hanks yes please watch the one with Tom. Hanks. i
2: even go back to when um will ferrell was doing the alex yes. trebek mm-hmm. and then they always had um daryl hammond doing the sean connery com- yes. completely inappropriately
1: Norm Macdonald would do his Burt, Burt Reynolds game. I mean, <laughs> there were regulars. They were good, so good, good regulars.
0: SNL is good for, for game show parodies, and I think their pre-taped commercials are usually pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always enjoy those. Um, there are always like five sketches in the live show that go far too long, um, but I still watch it religiously. I watch it, um, I think, usually on Sundays on Hulu I, I've been
1: watching it since the election. So yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Can't Kate
0: stop. McKinnon is a treasure and her yeah. Jeff Sessions is one of my favorite things. <laughs> <It's> so creepy. <laughs> like a little gremlin. I got to f- figure out what she's doing with her mouth. It's like it's like a Marlon Brando thing maybe where they stick cotton up into her upper mm-hmm. lip or something because her mouth looks so weird. Yeah, but it, it helps her weird. make his weird accent voice really well. Mm. Um, I think really the only other big topic of the day is steak doneness. And this is again, Luke um, defending his well done plus, which is really what he wants. Let's be honest. Right. Um, And he was again, a jerk about people who like their food differently than he likes it. Um, He asked Andrew to basically defend himself. And Andrew got about three words in before Luke started freaking out about why anyone would like a medium rare steak.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's not very accepting of other, other people's tastes with the steak and the dark chocolate and all that i'm it's if people weren't sensitive just order the steak the way you want it and don't be ashamed of it his shame is what's driving this i do not care
2: how anybody feels about how i order my steak or anything else i will proudly put ketchup on a hot dog and fuck all of you say that's wrong
0: yes you're the one eating it who cares who cares? Um, I have gotten pushback from um, servers before. Like, okay, so my steak journey started like as a kid, of course, I w- wanted everything well done. Right. Um, because I didn't know any better and I really liked A1. Um, and then I kind of started to branch out as I got older and just tried it. I think I started, I kind of went down the, the doneness ladder rung by rung. So medium well and then medium. And then I was a vegetarian for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got back on the meat train, when I moved to Texas, um, which is inevitable because there's amazing steaks yeah. there. I yeah. mean, you can't, it's just, they it's draw really hard. you out. It's like, they oh, do. fuck this. I'm going
1: to eat this.
0: And I'm still not into rare, but I understand the appeal now of, of medium rare and I prefer it. Um, and if it's medium, that's fine too. Um, but if it was well done, I would probably send it back because I just don't like it. Um, now, what I don't like is partially done fish or pork. Yeah. Um, I have had waiters uh, give me pushback on wanting a salmon. Um, cooked through i don't say well done i because i don't know if, if that classification exists for seafood but i have ordered um salmon cooked through and i always kind of get ahead of the server and say my apologies to the chef but i don't like it raw in the middle i just don't yeah and i don't really care what they say but i've gotten i've gotten kind of shat on by servers before for that they're like you know chef prefers it sir i don't care i'm the one eating it i'm the one paying for it you're gonna cook it all the way through
1: well, I see the point of their um, uh, of of the whole the whole story was you know restaurants are sending out more rare than you want because they don't want to overdo it because then they got to throw a steak away right mm-hmm. um, you know and and those steaks God when we go to Ruth's Chris once a year those steaks are so good they have to be really expensive on the on the food cost end so yeah you throw away a couple of those a night and you're screwed your costs are blown.
0: They are expensive, let me tell you, because <laughs> Duff had uh he turned into like a barbecue slash steak hobbyist, mm-hmm. um and there was a Whole Foods near the house where they had dry aged steaks, um and they had their own um, aging locker and so it wouldn't be uncommon for him to send me to the grocery store to pick up these steaks he had ordered and it was a hundred dollars for two steaks.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my! And
0: God. I mean, can you imagine ruining one of those?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you you would have gotten divorced sooner, I think. Yeah. If he had ruined <laughs> like, one of what those. What are you features. doing? <laughs> I think the the aging locker is, is where the mummy spent his years between 30 and 35.
0: <laughs> that explains the texture of his skin. Yeah. Um next up is the naming nuts occurrence on planet money. That was a pretty funny little diversion and mm-hmm. um I'm happy that uh for once, I'm happy that Luke has these contacts in his phone, so we can get real time updates on whether <laughs> right. this was appropriate or not. Um,
1: the guy was tickled. It's and you think, oh, your fans are so lame that no one, no one sent you a note. You know, no one sent you a note saying that was awesome. Uh, yeah, and
0: that's perfect tense territory. Like, of course, we're
2: gonna pick that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I always like it when I find out that somebody on NPR has a sense of humor.
1: Yes, mm-hmm.
2: because you don't always know that. I Actually, the time that I had dinner with Phyllis and Stubot, I asked them that. I was like, so are public radio people just really as dry and boring as they seem like they are? And they both said, no, they're not. So it's in there, but they just don't let it come out on the air very often.
0: Well, and it's it can be really subtle. I'm trying to think of an example, but there are some times when, when the musical bumps are meaningful. Mm, um, Taxman, you mean? Well, I yeah, a little more nuanced than Taxman, but like there are sometimes if if they play the, the musical version or just, you know, just the instrumental version of a song that I know and I know the words and I know the words are applicable to the story in some way, like that has to be on purpose, but the words are not even there. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. if you know this song, you'll know what they were going for. Um, and they do that a lot with their intro and outro music. So I think that's kind of interesting NPR, like, it's like an Easter egg hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: the, I, I wish I could remember. I had one the other day that was really bad. It was like super, super on the nose, and they had the words. Even it wasn't just instrumental. Hmm. And I and I was and I was thinking, um, yeah. There's NPR. Not only do a lot of them have senses of humor we don't know about, some of them are actually hacks, and we uh, <laughs> we have to listen to the bumps to find That's,
2: out. It's a large organization. I think it was on my local TV station on Friday morning. They came back from a commercial with Stevie Wonder, Higher Ground, and then they did a story about weed. And that actually (laughs) did make me laugh. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's great. Um, Last for Wednesday is I have to mention this voicemail from Ryan, um, who made a song of Andrew saying dollop a bunch Mm -hmm. of times, and it was awful. I mean, good job, Ryan, but I don't want to hear him say that word anymore. Nope. And they actually acknowledged how weird it
2: was that that was his word choice. It is weird. Ugh. Yeah. No. All right. Let's move on to Thursday, number 2622. The meetings will continue until morale improves. The first story is uh, breakfast, which is always a good topic. Uh, And Luke says that he made what he characterizes as a cereal ad breakfast today and that was something that I always thought about when I was a kid and I was looking at the back of the cereal box or watch the cereal commercials during kids cartoons or whatever is the amount of food that they apparently thought that we should be eating for <laughs> breakfast
0: who is having cereal and toast and orange juice and milk all at the same time
2: I don't That's know
0: crazy <laughs> But he's very proud of himself
2: about that. And Andrew is very proud of himself that he um, froze some coffee. They talk about coffee ice cubes, but it's not ice, right? It's frozen coffee cubes.
0: Yeah. I mean, Well, I, still, I guess it's, there's, it's water there's water. In, there's yeah. water in coffee
2: cubes. But he's... He had this this whole thing that he's talked about before about how important ice is in drinks because of the melting rate and how it changes the composition of the drink. I don't mm-hmm. know is that for all drinks? I figured that was just for like watering down your whiskey.
0: That was or my first thought too. I'm starting to appreciate whiskey a little bit. Like it's gross, um, but I'm finding ways that it's not gross. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I am. Um, and sometimes I put a little ice in it or a giant ice cube so that by the end it's um, palatable and it doesn't make me gag when I drink it. So maybe it's a way to um at least for me to ease myself into whiskey land
2: I think for the first time I did sort of understand what he was talking about because I was thinking about when I get a diet Coke from McDonald's and you get down to the bottom where it's just sort of watery and icy and that is. I don't know. It's like a marker of the experience more than a taste of the drink. And now I'm really revealing my issues with diet coke.
0: I think <laughs> we knew, Anne. It's okay. I know it You're wasn't just a very making big sweet
1: love to that to that uh, diet coke. It sounds like
2: I have one of those relationships with the McDonald's that's across the street from my work, where I walk in and the lady at the counter just whips out a cup, even if there's somebody in line in front of me. She's got that cup ready, <laughs> the usual. Yep. And it's actually, it's, uh, it's weird. Like you have to go down some stairs, like a half flight of stairs to get to the McDonald's. And one time she said to me, I knew it was you. I saw those boots.
0: And I was (laughs) like, what? Wow. You're going to have a framed photo of yourself on the wall soon.
1: I know. Man! I don't think
2: I've ever ordered anything except a Diet Coke when I go to that McDonald's. <laughs> so there's been much be said, surprised. I think,
0: about how, how Coke and Diet Coke taste different at McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. They and do. I don't, it really does. And I find that um, I never want like I have a soda stream at, at home and I never want to put ice in my soda stream drinks because it makes them flat. But that doesn't happen mm-hmm. at McDonald's. They just pump that extra
1: CO2 in there, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, Andrew made his
2: point today about the frozen coffee cubes and how much he likes that. And then Luke, of course, is horrified. Or maybe is it Andrew is horrified that Luke won't try cold coffee. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah, Luke does not went. like iced
0: coffee, he said.
2: I guess I can see that, too.
1: Well, I don't I don't drink ice iced coffee. I mean, I drink regular coffee sometimes. I don't drink iced coffee, mainly because that's a it's a dessert it's kind of a treat or whatever it seems like it's um i don't if know if it's just coffee I and could... ice no no because that's not how i take you make coffee.
0: coffee milk right <laughs> yeah. that is a dessert mm-hmm.
1: right right do i need yet another bad habit yeah of sugar you know I, I almost
0: understand. never had hot coffee at home in Texas because it was so hot. I never wanted yeah. hot coffee. Like I would get it at a restaurant, but yeah. I never wanted to deal with the whole thing. So I would get coffee like cold brew concentrate and dilute it with milk or water and ice, and that was what I drank for like five
1: years. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I used to drink a lot more coffee when I was living in Seattle than in mm-hmm. Texas. It's like it's very uninspiring coffee weather. Yes, most of the year when it's over a hundred.
2: Right. So, Mike, if you made a coffee milk and then you put a couple of scoops of ice cream in that,
1: (laughs) then I got a $7 Starbucks (laughs) surprise.
2: It sounds like uh, you could open your own chain, maybe.
1: Did you know uh, Trader Joe's is now carrying the coffee milk? They are. It's catching on. Yes. Nice. That's where I get my supply now. Let me tap my (laughs) veins.
2: Let's move on to Tesla talk. There's a lot of Tesla talk. Luke has discovered that mass producing vehicles is hard, contrary to what he thought before. <laughs> um, before they get into this actual story, um, there's a lot of discussion about Tesla as a status symbol and how Luke doesn't want to drive what he considers such an obvious status symbol, symbol as a Tesla is. And I'm like, seriously, an Audi is not a status symbol?
0: Yeah. Why else would you get one?
1: And why else would you brag about it when you're about to go home in your wife's Jetta?
0: (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) He's clearly proud of it. Yeah. Why would you call it space car if it wasn't a status symbol?
1: I I think what he was trying to get at was, um, it's it's sort of a at least the Teslas that have been on the road for the most part, they're pretty beastly cars. I mean they're big, and they're you know it's like it's like driving a 7 series or something and you know except for if if i dug cars and and had that money had enough money to buy a car at that level i would definitely buy a tesla because then at least i'm a douchebag who's not who's not polluting getting 4 miles <laughs> mm-hmm. to the gallon
0: <laughs> i guess i mean andrew i think said that he didn't even really know what it was um and he thought they were like the weird roadsters that he was seeing Yeah, and they're driven
1: by Butterfingers. Right. They're
0: driverless. (laughs) And I I just, maybe it was, I think Dallas is its own universe as far as cars. Mm -hmm. There's so many rich people and there's so many amazing cars everywhere that I got really bored with Teslas. Like I just saw them, like I parked next to Bentleys at the grocery store and was like, "Eh, eh." you know, like a a Tesla is no big deal. Um, It's interesting when you see like a crazy rare Ferrari or something, Mm -hmm. Um, those you don't see. 400 of them a day going to the grocery store. Um, but I'm just really, I, I wouldn't mind a Tesla um, if somebody gave it to me, but I'm not going to spend $100,000 on it. No, mm-hmm. I, are still very rare around here, but I think
2: that's probably, well, well, that's of, a
1: lot of money to spend on a car. <laughs> oh, exactly.
2: Yeah. That's
0: Midwestern practicality
2: right there. <laughs>
0: Well, there's no point. I mean, in Detroit, I never see them. And there's no point in having a nice car here because your axles are just going to get destroyed by the roads. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's no point. I think if people are going to spend
2: money on a vehicle here, it's more likely to be a big truck. They're going to sure drop a lot of money on mm-hmm. like a Yukon or something that you can hardly get into a parking space, which is a personal pet peeve of mine. Um, Or maybe like a Lexus around. Yeah these Mm -hmm. parts but other than that we're just way too practical i did see a tesla once driving around in my neighborhood and i was like are you lost what (laughs) this is new brighton i it's not minnetonka i don't
0: understand what you're doing here can you rent teslas now what's going on i think my subaru choice is still probably the best um balance of a good quality car that's fast and fun to drive and is still practical for this crazy state Um, And our crazy weather. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's about as fancy as I think I'll ever
2: get. Yeah, good choice. Well, even though they talk about Tesla's themselves for a while, the real thrust of this story is this company wide memo that Elon Musk put out to try and solve some of the problems that they're having, getting this new Tesla out. Um, So these are changes that he wants people to make to improve productivity. And I did write all five of them down because I thought they were interesting. Uh, Number one is to cancel large meetings, or if you can't cancel them, at least keep them short. Uh, To ignore the rules, quote, if following them is obviously ridiculous, unquote. Three, to sidestep the chain of command. Four, to avoid acronyms. And five, and this is the one we we're really interested in, walk out of dumb meetings or end dumb phone calls. Um, The problem is, is with all this is that rules are for people who can't practice common sense, right? This is all common sense thing mm-hmm. that those of us who uh, sort of handle our business and um can make critical thought decisions can make but the problem is the people that can't be trusted to do things appropriately that's who you have the rules for
0: well the other thing is all of those um guidelines are subjective if it's dumb Mm -hmm. uh, who's to say it's dumb (laughs) maybe it's dumb for you but it's not dumb for everybody else like i'm not I hate to be put in a position where I have to defend meetings at work, right? But sometimes <laughs> they are useful. Um, I, I think I think keeping them concise and focused might be mm-hmm. a good place to start. Um, but just giving your employees carte blanche to just leave, I, I don't know. And it, they made a good point, I think, about like your supervisor would have to agree with this too or you're going to get fired. <laughs> right. You right. know, who's making those judgment calls if he's like empowering everybody is probably a good thing um, but you still have to get work done like I I want them to agree on how a Tesla should be built so everyone's on the (laughs) same page
1: (laughs) I think it's ridiculous that we have to put all 27 rivets in this door panel (laughs) I mean I think (laughs) 24 is enough (laughs) that's plenty and I'm tired I need to (laughs) go home I need to go walk out of a meeting
2: I mean this is just a set of rules that's put out by a guy who's not answerable to anybody yeah so he doesn't have to think about the consequences what it actually made me think of is return policies at stores which of course i have a lot of experience with and we had an incident a couple of incidents at our stores once long ago like i was brand new working there where this woman came in And waited until the salesperson wasn't looking and then like swiped a whole armful of bath and body products off the shelf and brought them up to the Mm. counter and said, I bought these as corporate gifts and a bunch of people are allergic to them and I'd like my money back. And even though our policy was no receipt, no money back, the clerk gave her over $100 for this stuff that she just stolen without even leaving the store. Wow. And so that's why you have to have these policies is not because I can't use my judgment on whether somebody is scamming me because there are people that just have to have a rule to follow. Or when somebody comes in and is mad, quote unquote mad, and says, these cause problems. I'm an angry customer. I need you to satisfy me. Then they don't know what to do and they do the wrong thing. That's totally why you have to have rules. So uh, ignoring them if following them is obviously ridiculous is not something that works because so many people can't identify what obviously ridiculous is.
0: Yeah. Common sense is not a universal skill. Unfortunately.
2: Unfortunately. That's why you always have to have a receipt in all stores. I remember back in the 80s when you could go to most stores and be like, yeah, I want to return this. And they'd say, "Okay." you never find that anywhere anymore. And it's because... Mm -hmm number one, of all the people that tried to do bad things, but then number two, the people that couldn't be trusted to use judgment to figure out whether it was appropriate or not.
0: Well, and people abuse it, and now we don't have our Great Lands End return policy anymore. Yeah. Sure. is it L.L. Bean? Whatever.
1: And because um, all I ever do is watch movies when it comes to these matters, uh, When when you when you painted the picture of her just sweeping her sleeve Oh you know across the across the shelf and just putting everything in a in a basket, the only time I've ever seen that is it's always with pregnancy tests in t v and <laughs> movies <It's, laughs> has a lady ever actually done that i'm 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 gonna get seven thousand dollars worth of pregnancy test. Come on now, if you had that much money, you wouldn't be worried about having the baby.
2: I don't know. But this actually, this one lady, this was her job. She tried it at all of our stores. After she um, was successful with this bath and body product scam, she actually went to one of our other stores, and um, it was a smaller store that didn't carry the bath and body products. And so Mm. she tried to steal a bunch of coasters and use the same line that people were allergic to them,
0: and our clerk (laughs) there was much... More on the ball. And it was like, wait a minute. Allergic to coasters? Wow. Uh That's fascinating. So what happens when you have to improvise in these situations? (laughs) I actually,
2: I talked to her on the phone once because she called up and spun me this story about how she had purchased a bunch of CDs, which we then carried, for use. She worked for Dr. John Nigerian and his work with kids with cancer. And these were for um, like music therapy. And they turned out that she had purchased not exactly the kind of CDs that he wanted. So could she return them? And I'm sitting there on the phone with her. I was like 23 years old. And I thought, Dr. John Nigerian, isn't he like a heart transplant surgeon? He's not a pediatric oncologist. So I told her, absolutely, come in and return these CDs. And then when she did, I just uh, I had told her that I couldn't give her cash and issued her a check, which our office had to send out and then we just never sent the check. Nice. So mm-hmm. this is a lady who made it her profession to go around trying to scam stores out of money. There people
0: who just do that constantly. Like at, I, I had some friends in college who worked at Abercrombie and they were people who are well known to mall security. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would get uh, busted for stealing stuff on a weekly basis yep. um, and so secure. everybody at the stores knew who they were and the security guards all knew who they were it's like everybody had a mental picture of this person and they knew to keep an eye <laughs> on them and not take their returns Our mall's um, undercover security cop told me once
2: that people would have pants where they would have elastic down at the ankles to kind of keep the bottom of the pant leg Mm, closed. And then they would just drop stuff. Exactly. (laughs) Boy. Mike, you would have done well at this. They would just drop stuff down their waistband. Or ladies would have um, pregnancy cages, fake pregnancy bumps, where they would put stuff. Hmm. There are a lot of bad people in this world.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, my boss, uh Dr. Vandelay Van Nostrand, he uh <laughs> we bought a bunch of coasters for some kids with cancer and one of them died from the coaster, so I'm going to need to return all 10,000 of these coasters I just scraped off the shelf. Pregnancy <laughs> test style.
0: Dr. Nicholas Riviera asked <laughs> right. me to purchase these for everybody. <laughs>
2: Oh I have a hand towel story but I won't I won't tell it because it's too many too hand many towel stories. Story. Oh yeah, just some lady that, um, all right, fine, I'll tell it, who tried to return a bunch of hand towels, like a dozen hand towels. And the story was that her daughter had given her these hand towels as a gift, but unfortunately she was moving to Europe tomorrow and she found out that she couldn't take the hand towels with her. And she didn't (laughs) want to hurt her daughter's feelings by saying that she couldn't take them. So she was just going to return them quietly and could she have the money, please?
1: Oh God.
0: Yeah, they don't let you import hand towels. No, nope. That's crazy. That's dangerous. Well, you got to get
1: just scoop out a little bit of that ground beef and just and press the towels in there. And then when you get there, you'll have your ground beef and your towels.
0: And your suitcase won't be dripping as much blood everywhere.
1: You, you can wipe your face when you're in the hotel with your, with your hand towels.
0: God, you guys are just problem solvers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think we've demonstrated now why long meetings are important to have. Mm-hmm. So you're wrong, Elon. Um, And then finally, I thought this was funny at the end of the day, this voicemail from Renee sharing with Luke her recipe for a Big Mac salad, which sounded both awesome and disgusting to me, (laughs) but something that Luke should get into because it seems like it probably fits his definition of low carb, i.e. no buns, no breads, but still... Uh, Probably lots of dressing and ketchup if he wants to add that to his Big Mac salad, which will add those
0: carbs right back in. And potato chips. Let's not forget the potato chips. Right. And, you know, when he was talking about this and his dumb English muffin thing, he made the assertion that it doesn't matter how many calories you eat (laughs) as long as you're cutting carbs. Yeah. He's trying to lose weight.
2: I I think this is the brilliant camouflage of the low carb movement i am not a believer in low carb i don't think it's the type of calories you eat but i think that people who go low carb tend to end up cutting calories because they're trying not to eat carbs yeah that's, that's how all loses diets work. the weight
0: that's how all restrictive diets work you could eat hagen all day and lose weight because you would be so sick of eating it that you wouldn't want to and you would stop eating things Mm -hmm. I you know it's just insane to me that he would make that assertion and um, I hope I wish he would stop saying those things to a large audience yes because people are desperate to lose weight I
2: speak from experience and so you listen to somebody who's successful and it's somebody who let's face it is probably not going to get too big anyway and just has a minor probably bad habits that lead to a little bit of gain
0: he could start sprinting up the stairs with the laundry basket a little faster and and lose 10 pounds he could just lay off a glass of wine at
2: the end of the night and he'd probably Mm -hmm. lose the weight so
1: well i know i've said this before but sorry to have some bad stuff just don't have as much of it because like that hey dummies video where he deconstructed a big mac and what was the other one it was another sandwich. Egg
2: McMuffin.
1: Yes, right. An egg McMuffin. Um, you know, just get one of those and eat it instead of going home and doing all this bullshit and and putting these these little hockey pucks in there instead of the bun and and he eats both of them. Well, just get one and eat it the way God intended and and move on with your life. You don't just because you're 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 going for a shame eating doesn't mean that you have to overeat over shame eat, mm-hmm. you can just write shea meat
2: can i just say sorry to anybody who likes them but those mikey's low-carb english muffins looked nasty they're just like egg aren't they i don't know but that is not how an english muffin should look
0: no Ugh.
1: yeah i hear like a yacht horn when i see one slide across the kitchen floor <laughs> <laughs> It's the biscuit in the basket. (laughs) Top shelf.
2: All right. I'm done with Thursday.
1: All right. Friday, if loving you is bong, I don't want to be right. It's 420. So obviously they had to go with the title like that. And they claim they're not high and they don't sound high. They just sound more, more recent TBTL than usual in that it was a show almost completely of tangents. Mhm. Um it Genoma was very one. much a
2: Friday show. I think the fact that it was Friday and the fact that they were together, yeah, really exacerbated person. the issue.
1: That's true. I think Luke was it is it was his first time in the uh in the new studios. Uh they get into the Starship Troopers talk off the front and I don't know why, but that leads to talk of uh Nazis and their uniforms because the Starship Troopers uniforms kind of look like Nazi uniforms. And I say every time Starship Troopers comes up, I think I mistake in my ears for Super Troopers. So when they started talking about Nazi imagery and mm-hmm. and it wasn't until they got to the killing spiders, I was like, oh, well, I yeah, okay. That's not Super I was not super doubly
0: troopers. confused because Super Troopers 2 came out on Friday. <laughs> and so I had that what? on my brain.
1: Yes. It did? Yes. Huh. Huh. I did not know that troopers invade Czechoslovakia Mm -hmm. um so the the tangents out to Robert Heinlein uh which begat waterbed guy talk um and there was a uh throw your phone that we're not going to save for our mailbag segment immediately came in from Kalina uh and she says this podcast has gone and then the zero days uh without men- mentioning the inventor of waterbeds. So
0: <laughs> Kalina, we were discussing before the show that we need you to keep track of this. Yeah. Um I think you need to be our waterbed inventor tracker.
1: Don't don't let don't let the opportunity go by. Um, I think Bobby in our chat, he every time I mention or someone mentions uh, someone's nutsack in the chat immediately posts up there's now been zero days since since a yambag discussion. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need you need an ombudsman for that. And, <laughs> and uh, Kalina, that's you. Um, then there, the, the real 420 discussion, which uh, I tuned out on a couple times, was does God eat burritos and how hot are those burritos? Or...
2: <laughs> Look, I don't want to shame Luke, but is this really the first time he's thinking about this question? I mean, it's biblical, right? Could God <laughs>
0: I think create a rock that that's... Well, yes. knowledge is lacking. <laughs> could,
2: could God create a rock that's so heavy that even he can't lift, lift it? And then the stoners changed that into microwaving a burrito like X number of years ago. And he's now yeah. just thinking about it. And he's like, whoa. Good question. I do not think so much, uh, so highly of Jesus Creek's religious philosophy instruction if... This is his reaction to this. He just can't seem to get past the idea of God as like a, a bearded dude in white robes, like sitting at the celestial pottery wheel.
0: No, he's sitting at the celestial microwave, <laughs> waiting for his burrito to be done. Like or at God the is actual eleven. Yeah,
2: <laughs> God is an actual physical being in Luke's world, and Andrew's like, no, but. I don't think God actually eats burritos because God is just. <laughs> they were a, both missing the point here. <laughs> and I was like, "Really? Come on, guys!"
1: Well, I think the reason that I tuned out several times during the discussion was I'm not interested in either thing—God or burritos. So, what? Good luck, you know. Peace. What's and love. wrong
2: with burritos?
1: Uh, I find them to be usually full of a bunch of bullshit, like rice and beans, rice and, and lettuce. Not- yeah, and not the not the stuff that I want. To, you know, I'll take an enchilada. Thank you very much. Go to Taco Bell. That'll Taco be Bell treat.
0: has a beef burrito that just has beef and cheese and onions and sauce, right? Why get a burrito when you can get a chalupa?
1: Yep, absolutely, I agree. Or, uh, or a gordita, uh, which uh, Emily, one of Emily's former. In laws used to, um, he loved gorditas and was trying to get everyone on board with the gorditas, and he would sing, sing it. Um, Gordandra,
2: Gordandra, I just have a fool called Gordandra.
1: There was a live performance there from, <laughs> from Emily.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, kind of I an annoying guy. I've met him before, but but he comes up with some gems
0: i don't think i even know what a gordita is it's a chalupa in a less delicious wrapper is what it is
1: Mm -hmm. i agree it's it's down it's down the chain from chalupa
0: oh is that like a flatbread thing yeah kind of yeah Mm -hmm. okay
1: uh donor of the day i only i only made a note here because they kate dunkley was one of the was one of the donors, and they were having fun with her name, and I, I love it too. Every time I see her name, I'm, I'm like, playing playing NBA highlights in my head. Kate Dunklead on you. You got dunklead. You got you got dunklead. Boom. She's just got a cool name. Um, top story. They didn't spend a lot of time on the Iceland prison escape before they were into uh, Michael Cohen talk because. Michael Cohen is about to get uh, completely caught in a lie about not being in Russia when anyway um Is he going to go cause... to
2: big boy prison or is he going to go to camp prison?
1: Uh he would go to camp mm-hmm. but uh, like how lo- how long he's going to go to camp depends on um <laughs> depends on how much the the caged bird sings at this point. <laughs>
2: I don't think that's what my angelou had in mind when she wrote that <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it just white collar criminals usually go to camp
1: uh you don't kill you can people? go for drug charges if there are no guns mm-hmm. um yeah there there are lots of there there are lots of crimes that'll land you in there is if you didn't have any guns or didn't hurt anybody um the you probably aren't going behind a wall yeah if you didn't physically hurt anybody so just paying off some porn star and i i'm really i hate to say it sorry porn stars not everyone's a star some <laughs> some of you just porn <laughs> actors porn actors <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i mean we've all seen we've all seen porn and we know if we yep. saw a star when we see one and then we know others that aren't i mean not
2: everybody that. can be Ron Jeremy ain't
1: <laughs> no, that not the everyone truth. has that that uh that star quality
0: talent mm-hmm.
1: so um then before they get back to the Iceland prison escape guy, uh, Luke has to check his Bitcoin again. Yay. Um, there's nothing. That's like a birthday segment to me. There's just no, there's no there there. Oh, mm-hmm. we're up 24 cents. We're down 17 cents. All right. I can see why it's fun for you. It's like a fidget spinner of of podcasting for me, though. It's just spinning your wheels. Um, did they even really talk about the Iceland guy? Barely. Hmm. I
0: mean, they just talked about, they got into Bitcoin talk because they're, there are a lot of Bitcoin servers in Iceland because it's cold and they have mm-hmm. geothermal energy.
2: I don't think they actually have the Bitcoin servers outside, though, No, as they
0: were talking about. But you I just haven't... don't need to air condition it so much.
2: Right. They yeah. have their cold rooms that they put the computers in, and they can use outside air through the HVAC system to condition that air. <laughs> right. We're
1: not having multi-million
2: dollar computers sitting
1: outside. <laughs> well, they, the... they do They do put up some of those Costco pop-up tents over, over the right. top. Right. Yep. 10, 10 by 10s. But those small
0: uh, those small gains in 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 electricity costs make a huge difference over such a big operation. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why I mean it would totally be worth it to move it there for energy costs.
1: Uh so yeah, we never got anywhere with that story. The top story too, someone got to you suck up under one of those flashing highway signs. Somebody's
0: um, in trouble. Creative.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just I, I'm glad it happened, but I wish the when someone gets on the keyboard, I wish they had something better. You've to got
0: say. that opportunity. You have to seize it.
1: Yeah, yeah, like hey BMW dickwad, you suck, you know? Right. Something that would be topical and I don't accurate. Right. Uh it seems like in the Roosevelt neighborhood of Seattle. Um, are, are, they, are they living in the defenestration neighborhood actually of Seattle because there's a guy trying to climb out his window and Professor Bananas is apparently suicidal?
0: <laughs> I, I have to say this isn't funny, but cats can fall out of windows and it's a yeah. real problem and it's not funny. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they d- should definitely get screens like I, I don't think pref- that Bananas would just jump. Um, but they're they're not as graceful as they sometimes want us to believe that they are, and they fall out of windows.
2: Cats are so good at being like, I meant to do that. Oh yeah, that I
0: think it's deceptive. <laughs> right. right. But you spend any time around them and you realize they're just little clumsy idiots.
1: Oh yeah, Edith's amazing. I mean, the stuff that she'll try and you'll be like, I don't know if that's going to work out for you. And she'll sometimes it does, it.
0: and sometimes it doesn't. When it doesn't, they're just they just walk away or they they start grooming their elbow or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, I guess I won't try that one again. <clears throat> but uh, Professor, I-, I love you. We love you, and we wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. We want you to live. <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe some cats are miserable. Maybe they they just had it. You know, that's it.
0: Right. It's an ethically thorny issue: the right to die.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. The thing that Andrew said that
2: really did worry me was if Theo tries it. Mm-hmm. that he is that old and um, probably wouldn't be able to catch himself or save himself. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem like he's into the acrobatics and the trying to get places the way that bananas sometimes is, but I would worry about that. I would yeah. be on those screens post haste.
0: Yeah.
1: If a cat commits suicide, do they still get to go to the rainbow bridge or <laughs> they go to the other, other place? <laughs>
0: What's the opposite of the rainbow bridge? I don't know.
1: They never talk about it. Like like for dogs that aren't a good boy, maybe it's they're like a bad boy.
0: like a room full of vacuum cleaners <laughs> and rocking chairs. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. Music for your weekend. Andrew keeps it current uh, with some more Queen Latifah. No, just kidding. Carpenters. <laughs> I like that song. Begun. I don't care great song i really enjoyed it when it was on the radio constantly uh, in 1972 years right? 50 years ago. Uh, luke has cults always forever and then the listener david has sylvan esso with parade and that's it for friday
0: all right if you are in need of any awesome sweatshirts or t-shirts or tote bags or mugs you should check out our store uh, littleredbandwagon.com or 10710.com slash shop uh, contact us about the archive product project it is still going on and we still need your help so just send Christy an email um, if you want to help us out with a few pennies from your Amazon purchases use our link just get there through littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon and we get a tiny cut of your purchases
1: I bought um, a bunch of coasters there I'll, I'll be <laughs> taking in yeah I know a place return. you can
0: return them If they're made of penicillin, you're going to have to return them. (laughs) (laughs) They were sandstone. (laughs) Oh, I'm allergic (laughs) to sand. Um, Check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. The latest episode is about robots.
1: Awesome. If you want to get involved with the show, uh, LittleRedBandwagon.com is the place to go. If you want to let us know what you feel about TBTL or our show or um, good, bad, ugly, throwyourphone.com. Uh, we will If we don't talk about it during the week, we will try to talk about it at our um, month-end mailbag grab bag, and uh, there are at least a couple that we got this week that deserve, um, deserve a lot of discussion, at least as far as I'm concerned. So do that. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. There's some fun stuff there right now with the nickname show under the nickname show post. People are posting pictures of their pets and all the nicknames i love it that, thank you that they have for their pets which is amazing bob stein has more names for his dog that was great um, than i've had for all the pets i've had in my life so <laughs> um the show twitter is at lrb podcast you can email us at littleredbandwagon red bandwagon at gmail.com uh, voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And with that, and why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen.
0: Nailed it. Look at that we managed to make a full show under two hours I mean it wasn't shorter, no, <laughs> but I think it was more fun.
2: I was a little worried we could to like forty five minutes be like, well, that's yep, it that's
0: it
1: yeah, <laughs> right. We have to tell a couple hot dog stories, cut up a couple of jackpots, and...
2: yep. <laughs>